Wait, Zach, is it your birthday or no? I mean, it can be. Depends on what. Is that not why we're doing this? No. (laughs) It depends on what celestial plane you're on. Dude, how many smots did you poke, man? (laughs) I swear to God, that's what I canceled all my plans for. Dude, get out of here. This is half for her. Talk about Ted Nugent, I don't think <laughs> oh, I'm down. If we want if we want to talk about how much we want a Ted Nugent Kid Rock fucking festival lineup, I'm fucking in. Let's do it. I don't want to talk about that at all. <laughs> can Kid we Rock. like for the, first, for the first show after quarantine, can Trapped. we do can we walk out to ball with the ball? I don't know what that is. Limbis. Excuse me? <laughs> I know roll I know Roland by Limbiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I thought this was a surprise birthday party for Zach. <laughs> God, I love that shit, dude. I love what are we that. doing then? Just hanging out? That's so cool. I mean, yeah, I'm so happy. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's, I think this is to promote the new member. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this is like, he's in, man. This is him. This is everything. Him in the flesh, in the skin. He sold his soul. Oh, he wants to be a part Christ. of this. He just joined without even a thought. He's like, I should just be the bass player for Poto. I was like, you know what? You should. Let's let's just come to a vote. <laughs> you know, George, that you had that like enlightened look on your face when I told you that in my kitchen. You were like, Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That's fucking hilarious, dude. That's so funny. I was like, I'll I tell can totally him. see George doing that. Like it, like it clicked in his head. Like he mentioned it and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> my brain like had all those fucking numerical fucking numbers just sliding over, over the place i'm like how how is this not gonna work yeah, like, you're like fucking zach galifianakis in the hangover when he's counting cards for the first time at the casino <laughs> <laughs> i mean i definitely look like him i just need more of a homeless looking beard <laughs> true yeah <laughs> that's just you my had fucking... that at one point before you got that job right yeah oh they made me cut off my beard for it george i thought you got signed by the yankees that that was my ultimate goal (laughs) honestly what what are your guys's influences i don't know (laughs) george is gonna love mine this is all about zach right now it's not about me oh can we make it like a uh almost like an interrogation where you have like three cops and that's what i was saying that's exactly what i was saying same Two of us are in one, so it's really nice. Dude. So. Well, you know, one of my influences already is Iron Maiden, since we broke out in that song and dance the other day. I was just playing Hollow Be Thy Name. We didn't do that. No one likes Iron Maiden here. That's <laughs> nah, false. False. Absolutely false. <laughs> false. Oh, shit. Uh, and Tool. Tool is definitely oh, yes. your number one. 
Oh, Tool Tool's my biggest influence for sure, without question. It's not even close. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Are you being serious about that? I, I walk, kind of walked in halfway, so I didn't. Yeah. Know Tool this. Tool's definitely my uh, my favorite band of all time, and uh, yeah, definitely my biggest influence in terms of music. So, how are you and George friends? <laughs> George, you want to tell him that, or you want me to tell him that? I'll tell because him that. Because he hates Tool. I, dude, it's not that I hate. It's just all their songs sound the same. No, so. you fucking you hate Tool. You do, how dare you? How dare you? Low. Wait, how many, yeah, just raise your hand if you like Tool. Raise your hand if you like Tool. Best band ever. Oh shit! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm outnumbered. This is bullshit. Um, and they're, dude, it's a drummer. Like, like the drummer's the best musician in the he band. He is. Too. He's That's one of the greatest of all time. Stay- Dude, for years since I've known George, I've been like, "You are the drummer. You don't like Tool." He's like, "They sound like fucking Nickelback." I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> "That's not what I said. That is not what I said. Don't you put those words into my mouth." You might as well have said that with that earlier comment. You might as well have just said that. No, that's not. The what shit I said on my grave, dude. That's fine. I'm. Just, it's all good. <laughs> I saw on 4chan one time. Some guy was describing oh, what, Tool. What a great place to be already. So good. I was on 4chan and uh, they were just like ripping on Tool. And one guy was like, It's just like if Nickelback played in 5 4 the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, That's, like, that's false. That's ridiculous. That's so false, but, like, it's really funny, dude. It's really funny. But it's also true <laughs> in a sense. So I will say this about Tool they did make us wait forever for the new album that just kind of like, What was it? Was that album called 10,000 Days? Right? Yeah, ten thousand. No, 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 no. Ten thousand is phenomenal. Uh, Fear Inoculum is definitely underwhelming for seventeen years of wait. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the one album, pretty much, they're saying like you made us wait seventeen years for like a part. You made us wait ten thousand days was the joke. But like, I, I kind of like this is what upset me about the new album is like, of course, I was really excited, like a lot of other people were, but like their single that they came out with was the title track. And, like, it was good. It was good. It was good, but it was, like, okay, like, there's a lot more that I want from it, especially from waiting yep. that amount of time because their last album came out in 2006. And then when they released the actual album, I liked a couple of the songs, but, like, the heaviest song that they kept pushing was that song Tempest. And Tempest like, is sick. It's 15, 16 minutes. That's actually – I didn't really like that one. So here's my sense for getting into it. The thing yeah. about why 10,000 Days is my favorite is not – it sounds like some of those songs on 10,000 Days can be on the radio. They are like four to they five, six-minute yeah. songs to eight minutes. You know, Rosetta Stone, obviously phenomenal uh, anthology track, but like Fear Inoculum, every song is over 10 minutes long. So yep. you can't just – like I can put on Vicarious and be like, I just want a hard-hitting real quick or like the pot. I can put it on for real quick. Yep. Fear Inoculum, Song you have to get into it like you can't just work out to it. You know what I mean, like you could work out the songs on Ten Thousand Days and Fear yeah. Not. You have to be like relaxed and get into it. Then it just then it dies and it comes back. You know, yeah. every track is like that. Well, yeah, I guess that's that's the result of waiting seventeen years, right? Because you know you're making you're writing all these songs and you're trying to make them as perfect as possible. So sometimes when you do that, right, like when you're writing an essay, you're adding more as opposed to taking away. Yeah. You try and spruce it up, right? <clears throat> Because you don't want it to sound, especially them, right? They, I think I read something where they were saying they didn't want it to sound like their last album. They wanted to top it. And it ended up being that yeah. anyway. You know. Well, and then the other thing that, that was leaked, too, is that Danny actually wanted it to be just one album 
of music and not like not rudimented out into tracks. He wanted it to just be one okay. continuous thing. And if you wow. it, and that's like that's a- why that's why I compare them, but they're also very different because of what Dentino said in terms of like Pink Floyd, you can take stuff from their their discography and put it on the radio as where Tool, there's like one or two songs that can fit in the parameters of a radio track. But in terms of like their goal is to make a full album sound rather than yeah. making tracks, which I like, I love that because it's it's just like what I like. That's what I like when in terms of writing style. That's what I like when just I, I think it's I think it's the best way to go about it. Whether or not you get a lot of fans from it, but well, that's like the authentic way to do it. Like all the older, like classic rock is big on that. Zeppelin yeah. was huge on that. You know, like when Zeppelin really got into their own. So like, I I'm with you on on that. Um, it's it's and you can kind of hear how every song on Fear Inoculum. I mean, obviously they're all like the same key. It's yeah. all D. You know, yeah. so, it's all drop D. Do baby. not do not say anything about all the same in the sentence because George is going to be serious. <laughs> he doesn't know what that even means. It's, it's <laughs> but like, I understand how they could have been one big song with, a, like, you know, and like transitioned into each other. So yeah, yeah I guess that, that point stands, whatever. <clears throat> you said your favorite album by them is uh, 10,000 Days? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. And the rest don't even make my top 10 of favorite albums. But Lyos is like, phenomenal. But what's your, what about you? Uh, I actually like it's between that and uh, I think it's Enema. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like they're more like, it's like heavy grunge from that era. So it kind of gives me like heavy Soundgarden vibes, but like, it's more my personal taste. Okay. Right. All right. That's cool. Well, I used to play with all those bands, like, you know, yeah, Yeah, he used to play with (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Kev, what's your, what's your favorite tool album? Two album, definitely ten thousand days. Okay, for sure, for sure. I mean that one. I mean more so. So for me, music is like, uh, like when I attach myself to something. When I say, "Oh, that's my favorite album or favorite song," it's not necessarily because it is really my favorite song or something that I'm most into. It's that that song brings me back to one of my favorite memories. You know what I mean? So ten thousand days. I remember listening to because I didn't know Tool. My dad showed me Tool. He he was the one who was like, "Yo, you have to listen to this album." And he was just repeating the pot and you know every other track that was on that album. And and just I was like, "Man, these guys are fucking rad." They're so different because at the time I was young, you know. Because I'm younger than oh, well, how old are you, Zach? Forty-seven. Okay, so you're not that much. You're only a year older or a couple months, depending <laughs> on when older than I am. So for me, like uh, when I first started listening to them, I really wasn't—I was pretty close-minded when it come to, came to music when I was younger. So when my dad showed me them, and as, along with a lot of other music, um, it would just pique my interest. I'd be like, "Oh my god!" And then I would spin that track over and over and yeah. over—well, the, the album rather, over and over and over again in my room. And uh, you know, that that one definitely uh, resonates with me a ton. But you know, <clears throat> I kind of had pretty much where it comes down. I, oddly enough, so my stepfather's a musician, and he's like the whole reason I even got into playing music. But back when him and my mom started dating years ago, he uh, he like he, he fucking CDs. Remember that shit? So he had like a, yeah. like like he brought when he started to move in, he would bring in like boxes and boxes of of CDs, right? So as I became more interested in music and watching him play, I like I asked him. I was just like. Uh, 
what like what's your favorite band thinking at the time not being exposed to music i'm not a musician at this point i think that like the cool shit's like acdc which it is don't get me wrong acdc fuck them uh fuck it. don't <laughs> even get me <laughs> don't go what what Say. Say i don't want to interrupt you zach but like like tool, like how Joey doesn't like tools. Like how Kevin, as a guitar player using an SG, doesn't like fucking fuck that band. Oh, okay. that they don't band. have the staple fuck fucking okay. rights Hold to on. that guitar. Just because that. fucking Angus Young using no, an SG doesn't mean that I have to like that. Band. Right, exactly. Let's do that in two seconds because but, that is a whole different fucking topic we have to hit now. Like it's mandatory. They're the ultimate rock and that's what rock and roll is. Is ACDC? It's fucking oh my god! Then I don't fucking like rock and roll. (laughs) Fuck that! If that's what rock and roll is, I want out right fucking now. (laughs) Fuck that shit. That fucking you can find a straight fucking cat to go fucking do ACDC. Fuck that band. You go do it. Only decent, cool fucking piece about that band is the guitarist. It's actually the guitarist. That's the only piece about the band. Which one? Fuck Angus Young. What about Malcolm Young? He's like the greatest rhythm. Yeah, Malcolm Malcolm is, fuck that. Malcolum don't even know, man. Malcolm that, that band sucks. No, stop. They any other band could have accomplished. Any other canceled. fucking garage band from that time could have accomplished what they did. They just didn't have as shitty of a singer. People were like, wow, man, that's, I don't know about him. You got him talking about it. Fuck that band. Even oh, when they released new music, dude, band. it was the same shit. I was like, wow, this is not an ACDC song if I've ever heard one. It's literally the same fucking shit. I hate well, I ACDC. Like well, they, they really do. They hit that same sound over and over again, but like, it's good though. What do you mean? You're telling me TNT is a good song? It's an amazing no, no, song. Right. Oh, don't I so quit. I quit. Don't pick TNT like the one. Yeah, from dude, the- that's, the, that's their radio song. So that means that's what everybody listens to. That's what they're like, fuck it. Uh, well, back in the day, that's also their song that everybody kind of goes to. That's like saying everyone's favorite Coheed song is a favorite house. And if you like that, then you, it's not, that point does not stand by any means. My but back in black, go ahead. Go, you gotta go like a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Yeah, 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 There's fucking bagpipes in the song, absolutely. and then you got hot blooded, you got whole lot of Rosie, you got shit. Oh, okay, there you go. Stopped right there. It's no, pretty hard I'm to think to, about some good songs. No, I'm, I'm trying uh-huh. to. Think Oh, that if there's a those good band, you're naming fucking ten songs off the bat. You're like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah this, 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 that. When you have discography of songs, come on. Everybody's That's favorite Coheed song is Welcome Home anyway, so it doesn't yourself. matter. That's what I'm saying. So here's the point to ACDC is that, yeah, the entire Back in Black album sounds like every riff goes into each other. Every riff, you can interchange riffs from the, those yeah. songs into each other. Same tempo, same feel, same boop, bop, boop, bop. So I get it. That's it. But it absolutely. Yeah. That, but they have tracks that don't fit in that category that kick so much ass. Jailbreak. That's an early good one. I don't know that one. Oh, that's, that's Bon Scott days, man. So they pretty much have like a track. I can't remember what track it is, but it's literally Bastille Day from fucking Rush. It's almost the same chord progression. I mean, yeah, chord progression. Having, having a comparison to Rush isn't the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is that if you're going to use that same chord progression, I fucking hate when they use it. And then when Rush uses it, it's fucking rad. So that's what I'm getting. And they're a three-piece band. So there you go. Yeah. 
Do you listen to us? The debate isn't is Rush better than ACDC because obviously they are. Like obviously Rush. But what I'm saying is they use the same chord progression for a fairly simple song. Oh, Bastille Bastille's day is a pretty simple song for Rush, as far as Rush is concerned. You don't even know the same bands we use the same chord progressions as. You would fucking be pissed. Like we (laughs) know. I know some chord progressions are fine, but what I'm saying is. Two rock and roll bands that wrote songs based off of that chord progression, and it's like, all right, one's fucking super cheesy, like Those fucking really times. cheesy. <laughs> Dude, but it's the same chord progression. I'm talking about just the same chords being used. This is and isn't Rush considered rock and roll? Isn't aren't they considered rock and roll? Yeah, but but so is Tool. Is ACDC like Tool? Oh no, but okay. So ACDC's butt rock, and then you have fucking Tool, which is r- fucking awesome, enlightening fucking rock and roll music. Tool Fuck is close to us. You'll ACDC. never convince me. Oh, I've yeah, never convinced. You're prog rock fans. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah prog rock, butt rock. There's but there's so many butt rock fans. You can put Seether, Crossfade, Saliva. Crap. I remember one time somebody oh, being like, my, "I yeah, actually like too. ACDC," and then they were like, "Oh, but this song is like from a band that." tried to sound like ACDC, but they suck. And it turned out that it was actually ACDC. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You cannot get it. ACDC is good. Now, if they were, if you want to talk about their influence on the rock and roll scene, I'll do that. Sure. Like This question comes up a lot. I tried thinking of it today because it was brought up. But like, really think critically of it before you give an answer. Okay. All right. Who it without like asking definition of the question, just how you perceive this, who sure. is the greatest rock band of all time? Oh, you can't, you can't just put a fucking title. I would on that. say you uh, can, you can, you can yeah, say it. It doesn't mean you're right, but you can yeah, say it. because you, can you know, it. opinions and you know, um, people who are I just, th- I'm pretty confident. I want to see if any of you say mine. That's it. I think it's either Zeppelin or Rush, honestly. Okay. I don't think I was going to say Zeppelin. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I was going to say I don't, I mean, Zeppelin. And I'm not saying that to be like, that's what you have to say. I would, those are, that's my legitimate opinion. I think straight if, rock and roll would be Zeppelin and honestly, or ACDC. I think ACDC but, accomplished what rock and roll is supposed to accomplish. And that's what, yeah. if you're just saying that category, rock and roll, I would put yeah. one of those. If they're, you know, they have to be one of the most, if not the most influential rock band. I, I cannot deny that, regardless of how much hate I have for them. I got to I gotta give props where props is due. I have to. But if you're asking me to sit through a whole fucking album of ACDC. <laughs> well, they're not, they're not an I'll, album band. I will I fucking blow they're my not an album. out. But like, then you're not a good band. All right, so if it, do they have any album you can listen to front to back? Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah, oh, well, my, I grew up on it. I absolutely grew I up. I did on it with high voltage. Did it yeah, with high voltage was phenomenal. You know what's crazy for as much hate as I have for ACDC? Uh, Highway to Hell was the first uh, song I learned how to play on guitar. And that's what so that's what I was on about a to say. on on a on a on a uh you know like a fucking third rate SG, you know some off brand SG, you know what I mean? Like that's what's so I think that's what's so great about them is the fact that like so many kids were able to pick up and play those kind of riffs, and that's like the first yeah. thing they yeah. Like, nobody's like, picking up shit. a guitar and playing Zeppelin. That's not happening. 
ever. Bullshit. I made you happy all the time. Communication <laughs> breakdown was one of the first songs I ever learned on guitar. So. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah. Zach, what what did you say was the greatest rock band? Listen. Rolling Stones, I think. I understand that argument. Okay. I fucking, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel about ACDC. I feel about the Rolling Stones. I, I'm kind of the same really, way. Really, though? Yeah, well, it's, that's not Okay, but I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. This is my this is my truth fact about them. It's just okay. everything I heard by them, everything is so fucking unbelievably lame to me that I'm like that's that's a killer I, song. I can't stand it. But at that time I recognized that was like the late sixties. That's music probably kicked ass back then. Yeah. So I yeah. get what that is, but I found out about like I didn't grow up on them learning guitar. I learned about them when I was playing in a cover band, and everybody was like, "Learn Rolling Stone songs." So now I'm like, "Dude, I hate all this shit." Um, <laughs> Dude, cover bands like, will do that to you though. They will. Cover bands. Yeah, you're right. They no, ruin bands for you, bro. But could you say the <laughs> same thing if you was... hadn't discovered ACDC at a young age, and if you were in cover bands, you started the, playing ACDC? The ACDC thing, thing for me definitely is about. I, a young I don't. The reason I don't feel that way is because I'll still go back and listen to ACDC albums, like new, like not new ones, but like uh, like ones I haven't listened to, and I'll go all the way through, and I'll be like, "That's a fucking catchy riff," and I'll do that with other bands. Like, but that's okay. That's the thing I will say about ACDC is the the best thing about ACDC is their guitar riffs, right? Yeah. Oh my god, well, yeah, the, the, the vocalist is the most off-putting fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life when it comes to rock and roll history. Fuck that vocalist, dude. <laughs> I cannot. Oh my. god. God, dude, you are. I can't wait to. I can't wait to sing over a track that we write like that. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. If you showed up to the studio and you were like, I can't. Uh, what did you put over Green and Blue? And I was just like, <laughs> and you, you would have fucking left the studio, drove your ass home. You would have fucking be like, hey man, you want to get throwbacks together? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a name that Stella's talking about. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't see why not. I I actually have a really good question for you, I think. Go ahead, man. Yeah. So, out of all the tracks you've recorded with Poeta, if you could pick one singer that's living or dead to redo the vocals in place of you, who would it be? Michael Jackson. Really? Wow. You didn't even take a second to think that. (laughs) Why? Sit on Voltage. Michael Jackson probably has one of the most dynamic voices in pop history. Um, as much as a lot of people like to consider him the king of pop, he had a lot of rock and roll influences, as you can see in songs such as Dirty Diana, uh, on the songs that he came out with. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, fuck, it, it escapes me right now. And it's such a... Uh, was smooth, smooth Criminal? No, right? Smooth Criminal? Black and White. Is it? Smooth Criminal? Smooth criminal because Alien Ant Farm covered it. Which uh, good. I'm trying. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of the song beat that it. fucking Eddie Van Halen was on. Oh, beat, well, it, beat it, right? Beat it. Beat it. Beat it. Beat it. I mean, if you think about those things, man, like he was pretty. He was, and, and, and when you hear about like what his vocals could do when he really hit it a gritty note, or if he's really trying to get like you know really in there, um, 
dude, he could he killed it. He killed it when he was trying to sound angry or like you know what whatever it was like whether it was Earth Song and he you know he's really belting out at the end. Um, I think songs like specifically, I would love to hear what he did on uh, what he would do on a track like Day Tripper or um, on a track like. Uh, I would say green and blue just cause that one's a lot more grittier and just to hear some of the pop influences and stuff like that. I think, be, I, I think it would just bring in a total different element and different ideas and different vibes to that. So it's just, it would, and from, for me, anything it would be more interesting to kind of hear that. All I want to hear um, now is ACDC's version of green and blue. <laughs> That's all I like. Not even the vocalist. That like, would probably drive me to play that pop. riff. Like, I want to hear him do like the lead. Just freaking out. Just playing that shit the whole time. Just playing that. Stopping his leg, oh, walking God. across the stage and shit. Like, what the fuck? That's Lord. an interesting question, though. That, that, that is an interesting question. Because, like, it's, di- I mean, it's different than me asking who's your favorite vocalist. It's who would you rather record what you've written and what you've done already. The reason why I say that, too, is just because I'd like to hear uh, a, a wildly different take than mine. You know, and someone who's uh, who grew up like Motown and fucking, you know, all this other shit and then slowly adapted into these other things. I think would be super interesting to hear what he would do on like a straight rock track. You know, kind of disappointed to say Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson would be great on some poetic shit. (laughs) I don't even know who that is, to be honest with you. That's the older singer (laughs) of ACDC. The one. He replaced Bon Scott. The, the, I, that was probably the easiest replacement ever. Hey, which one sucks the most? <laughs> that guy. That guy. Dude, they're insufferable too because when they replaced Bon Scott, it was like literally like at a moment's notice. They were like, this is the next guy. And then they released the best album. Well, probably dude, like- yeah, so like it took them six months from finding Brian yeah. Jackson to the release of Black and Black. So they murdered Bon Scott. That's fucking, but again, Black Back in Black is the same song 12 times in a row, and he was just, I'll just do the shit on it. Like, and they were like, yeah, we liked everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, dude. I mean, yeah, that's probably the one, that, that might be the one band that I hold the most disdain for. I really, I just, you know what, too? That's the one band I hear the most at work. Oh, okay. So, of course it's going to drive you. That might, that might feed into it. There's some tension there, then. Yeah. Oh yeah, I put on the fucking Foo Fighters radio at work, and fucking ACDC came on. I'm like, I can't escape Ooh. it. I can't escape now, it. So, next to tool, next to Tool, Foo Fighters are probably up there for me as well. Kind of, I like Foo the Foo Fighters. I, love, I really do like the Foo Fighters. They're a band that's yeah. absolutely taking it to the next level. Like as soon as they came onto the scene, I, I will, like it has nothing to do with Nirvana. Like Dave Grohl, like took his own fucking you know musical genius that he has inside of him, and he was like, I'm going to create something that has probably been fucking kept inside for him for way too long, and now's his opportunity to do it. Because I saw that documentary where people were asking him, like, oh, do you think Foo Fighters would have been as successful if you were in Nirvana? Of course it would, dude. It's, like, it's a completely different fucking sound in, in itself from Nirvana. It's not even nowhere near close to it. I think it helped. I think to, the, to your point that I would say over fifty percent of the people that listen to Foo Fighters have no idea that that dude was a Nirvana. It's true. So, like, yeah, I, I, think, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I just can't believe how proficient of a guitar player he is. 
sometimes. Yeah. I'm just like, and he doesn't give himself enough credit because, like, obviously he did all that press tour for Medicine at Midnight, and he was talking about how he's like, I'm not a guitar player. It's like, dude, you wrote some of the most amazing guitar pieces. Regardless how simple it is or not, like, it doesn't well, matter. Okay, so let me let me pose this question then: Is he an amazing guitarist, or is he a uh, an amazing songwriter? Right? Which songwriter? So, What's it songwriter. means? Either of, you know, it's one in the same, right? It's but one in the, the same, is, but when, song you, when I think yeah. of an American, when I think of an amazing guitarist, I'm thinking of people like Steve Vai. Yeah, that's know, true. Yeah, these people that are, you know what I mean? Like I don't see, Eddie Van Halen. He's definitely a songwriter, uh, first, right? I don't, right. So I don't see uh, the the Dave Grohl being an amazing guitarist. He's fantastic, but um, I think he's a better songwriter first. I think like when, especially when I see like some of his songs stripped down and he's doing acoustic versions of them and he's explaining what went through the process of writing it and doing it. I don't think it's necessarily that it was because of the gift he has on guitar. I think it was because of the gift he has as a songwriter. Uh, It's just me. To To your point on that though, I would say like, I don't use my potential at all when I write for us. Like that's all, that's a hundred percent songwriting first so like if you had listened to our shit and then judged my guitar like not that you are judging i know you're leaving room for no yeah yeah but like i think i juggle that question all the time like am i more of a songwriter am i more of a guitar player i don't really know like i think i have a good way of like balancing that and he probably does too but like his music leaves like way less room to show off you know like if he was showing off he'd be like what the fuck is that front man doing why? Yeah. Like, why? I'm sure he's like, a great guitarist, though. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. I'm not. I'm not even knocking that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm right. more so just say, posing the question. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. To philosophizing. That, yeah. yeah. To to piggyback off that. To philosophize what would be is a good guitar player like someone who fits their guitar to the song, you know, or is it somebody who is well, you know. It's kind of like what I would say about a drummer. When I say a drummer is fucking fantastic or really good, it's not necessarily because they're doing the most technical shit on the drums. It's just right. whatever whatever fits this. Like they're doing just enough to make the song really bounce or pop or you know what I mean. Like they're giving a, a certain characteristic to the to the track, not I necessarily with a bass player though I, because a drummer at least sometimes like it can be too simple on drums and boring. Oh, but yes. I feel oh, that yes. a bassist. My personal opinion, I've never heard the bass ever and, and said this was too simple, ever. The bass can stay simple a whole song and everybody else can do cool shit. And like the bass keeping it simple is what is keeping that 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 spine, the spine to the whole foundation. That's just my opinion. I'm sure, Zach, as a bass player, you might have a different opinion on that, though. I personally also uh, have a different opinion on the bass. But go ahead, Zach. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's it's really weird because like, especially when I I try and think about like the bass players that influenced me, and it's probably number one. Oddly enough, was not to say he's like in my Mount Rushmore or anything like that, but he it's probably <laughs> Phil, or not Phil Rudd, um, the bass player from ACDC because it's, I mean, look at their discography and it's it's just jerking off on guitar the entire time, and the bass player just keep yeah. And, like, that's such, like, a great thing because I try and tell people that, like, music's way more approachable and easy than you think it is. And you can be more of a facilitator for other people to bring them up and make them shine. And that's just as fun as shredding a guitar solo. And 
I think if you haven't checked this out yet, so my favorite bass player is Victor Wooten, without a question. Okay. And he did. Who's he from? He did, I'm pretty bad with names. He's from the, the Wooten brothers, and he's from Bela Fleck. So, but Victor Wooten's like, especially across the bass community, he's known as the greatest bass player in the world. He's and like he a Satriani. Never ask yeah. where Satriani's from. He, he like, does. Oh, yeah. He's expert, virtuoso level on every facet tapping, pop slapping, uh, just everything. But I can't wait for Billy Sheehan to hear this. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, dude! Billy Sheehan's, <laughs> Billy Sheehan's up there too, but he he can't do as much as as Victor Wooten did. I pers- if I'm gonna be honest, I think Billy Sheehan's um, uh, the way he plays bass is almost as if uh, the approach a guitarist would take if they played bass. Yeah, and th- that's why I think Bill- Billy's so right. special because Billy's the first guy that made me realize how cool being a bass player was, mm. and that you can and that you can. Not that like that's what I like out of it, but you like if you sure. wanted to, it's possible, and that's it's yeah, just a cool. Absolutely, style. yeah. He absolutely. plays that bass like it's a guitar. Like it's not anything yeah. that like he's structuring and making it simplified. Like the guy's actually, you know, sometimes playing like a guitar blows my fucking mind. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but if you if you guys haven't checked this out, TED Talks, everybody knows what TED Talks are, right? Um, sure, Victor Wooten did one, and at a time we talked about this the the other night about. I was like kind of feeling lost with music and I didn't know whether or not like I was like, what's really the point of me doing this anymore? I've kind of like hit a spot where I'm in a rut and I watched this video that I haven't seen before. And he talked about for about 16 minutes about his perspective on why music is so important and how it can be used to benefit the world and why he chooses to be a bass player. And he talks about like this really cool thing at the end where he did the commencement ceremony he did the commencement speech at stanford university for their music program and he talked about how part of the speech was is that he has a band full of virtuoso musicians and then he has a bass for a participant in the audience that's never played an instrument before and he gets them to come up and he gets them to play with the like the virtuoso band and he talks about he goes i could have the four best musicians in the world on the stage and we could all be great individually but we need to be great as a team to make the, everything work. And he goes, I can get that person that's never played bass before, teach them how to just stay in the pocket on one note, and you would never know that they're a beginner. Oh, that's awesome. And it's such like an amazing thought. And I was yeah. like, wow, shit. And the way he sums it up, I won't spoil it for you, but it's like, it just really, it like motivates you to play. If you haven't checked that, I highly suggest you that's, check it out. I definitely will. I, I think, uh, for me, I th- I've always had a, uh, especially being like, uh, I won't necessarily call myself a guitarist. I'm, I would consider myself more of a vocalist than I am a guitarist, but I have this strange fascination with bass. bass. I love rhythm. Um, I think if, I don't know if like Anthony or George would vouch, but when it comes to writing the music that we write, yeah, I'm never like involved in like the more technical aspect is there's like any solos or leads or anything like that but when it comes to a rhythm like uh, i need to feel that you know yeah and so when it comes to percussions and and bass together as a unit um for me it's getty lee i love i love what he does and how he follows the drums and for me rhythm is such a big aspect um 
that when I hear them play together, man, it is, I've never heard a bassist and a drummer be more in tune with each other than those two guys. Um, and it is incredible to really listen to a lot of different rush tracks and hear really just how in tune they are when you hear the bass kicks and all the intricacies he's doing with that and some of the fills he's doing and how Getty is literally fucking matching him, uh, yep. you know, beat for beat, you know, and, and really accenting those things. But, you know, for me, that's, that's all, that's pretty technical. Whereas you, you're talking about the simplicity of the instrument and how it is used to really be the spine of a song. Whereas I'm kind of talking about how a bass can do that, but at the same time still shine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, to that point, I it's I'm talking, I'm talking if they, whew, how do I say this? Oh, he's gonna say something fucked up, Zach. Bass <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't important at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, I guess what I was trying to say is, I, for me, that's the way. That's, that's kind of how I write um, now. Is like the bass. Keep the bass as simple as it can possibly. Obviously, there's times where it shouldn't be, and you put the fills in and whatever. But if something has to be simple, I would rather it's going to be my bass. It like my uh, bass drum and my bass guitar are like just fucking easy, simple. Like Absolutely. everything else can be complicated in a song. And um, that doesn't mean that simple can't be talented, but I mean, you're right about your point. Like when anytime I write, like I've never heard you once in how long we've been writing music. I've never heard you once. Like when I've showed you a song been like, Oh, we should change the melody of those guitars or the chord progression of those guitars. Like it's never been that like you're cool with that, but I have heard you think a lot about the dynamics of a song and, the feel of like what the percussion is doing and what the bass is doing and i i notice you latch on more to songs that like like the new one that we have like red moon like that, that luna like that that's got like a boom that's like a, got like a riff like a catchy riff going there and i remember you catching right. on to that you were like oh sick we have like a riff that like bounces and like moves and you like shit like that and it's funny because I don't think like that at all. I'm never like, oh, let me write like a catchy riff. It's, it's so like, strange how so we're strange. very polar opposites of each other. Uh, absolutely. And it's really is strange. Absolutely. But lately for this album, I've been trying to realize that about myself and been like, let me, like, let's say I didn't have Kevin there. Like, how would I have to do this on my own? Like, how would I implement the catchiness and, and all that shit? It's like, so it's, yeah. It's, you know, we fill each other out good. And then now we have yeah, Zach I mean, who can play those things, which is going to be phenomenal. And not only can, but wants to play. And isn't a guy who learned how to play bass. He's a fucking bass player. Like, there right, is, that's, important. that's important. I've never had that, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's important because sometimes, you know, you're calling, like, for example, the drums or the bass drum might be a little bit simpler there. And the bassist is trying to do something that isn't that simple, but is it's important integral to carry that portion of the song um i think a good example of that is the dynamics in the newest song that we've been you know pre-prowing and you you know in the beginning it's super simple literally like just open notes just matching with the just to accent the the um you know the openness of it and then you get to like the chorus and a solo and the bass is ripping you know what i mean so i 
a pocket is so important. I think I, I, I really learned this when I watched the drummer, you know, going back to Michael Jackson, the drummer for Michael Jackson. Oh, dude's um, yeah. His nickname is like Sugarfoot. The pocket <laughs> that he sits in, oh my God, you, dude, I don't care who you are. If you, if you, even if you don't like music, which yeah. I can never understand that or fathom that, but even if you don't, you're not into music, you hear that drum beat in that pocket he's in, you can't help but just be. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. You know what I mean? That's important. I, I, for me, like, like Dentino said, he's never heard me mention like melody or, or anything like that. But when it comes to rhythm and just feeling that in your body, that is probably what for me anyway, in my oh. opinion, I think it's one of the most, it's one of the things that is carried over f- from generation to generation to generation. When you have a good rhythm, you can get people to move, dance, whatever it is. Even if it's just straight up, just a simple head bob, or even tapping their yep. finger to the, whatever rhythm you're laying down, it's important because you're making them do something against their will. It's not something that they're thinking about doing. It's something that just all of a sudden happens, yep. and they're like, "Okay, this is this is nice," you know. And it, and it's a weird uh, frequency that you become like attached to, you know. But that's that's just me when it comes to rhythm. So, yeah, yeah, definitely like. Uh speaking of like being in the pocket that's why like a lot of people talk shit on john mayer but john mayer in terms of his what he's done is a huge influence on me too because because of his 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 john mayer trio band with pino paladino pino paladino is one of my favorite musicians ever because like one of the greatest examples of how just in the zone he is and how he has intuitively understood that his role no matter how filthy he can be on his own is to lift the song up especially in a power trio the hardest fucking thing to do and he does it in a song at of all things crossroads where john mayer is doing doing the solo and uh ain't no sunshine the whatever yeah ain't no sunshine but the bill withers cover that they did Uh yes and john's just doing like this wicked two and a half minute solo and you got Pino Valdino in the back on flat lounge on a P bass, just holding this boom. And that's so it. important. And but see, just, that's the part that oh. song that I'll attach to, which is very strange. Right. I'll attach to that portion of the song. And that's the part that I'm like, that's, all yeah. right, fucking A. For yeah. example, uh, Snarky Puppy, Thing of Gold. Oh, that, oh, like right, right after that first like minute and a half, that fucking groove they go into is that pocket is so yep. fucking good, man. Yeah, and they let that about, uh, one artist breathe what about and Bolt play Pack? over it. That's the whole oh, point. Oh, dude, Bolt Bolt Pack Pack kicks. I love Bolt Pack. Oh, it's Joe That's... and Dart. Joe oh, Dart yeah. is amazing. Oh, yeah. So, if you were big, uh, did you learn Dean Town? I tried to teach all my kids Dean Town on yeah. bass. Like they, the, That's but... great for, for fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's ama- it's, it's like great, 60 yeah. those the whole time i think yeah whatever but i love yeah. watching people try and learn it because you can see how far they come pretty quickly with that song well my like my bass students like anytime i'm teaching rhythm like i'll i'll do that like crazy but it's funny because when you talk about in the pocket and all that rhythm stuff like some for some reason like kev said like those are parts that'll catch him in a song like yeah, to obviously objectively as a musician, I like that stuff. But what I'm passionate about would be like I wouldn't care about that unless it was like metal. Like when a metal band grooves, I'm like yeah, oh, like well that's that's that's, that's why I love Tool. 
Uh, it's a perfect example. Because like I'm not I'm not into like I'm not into the heaviest of shit, right? But because okay. I'm I don't listen to vocals. I don't listen to, and I never been this way. I never listened to, I never I don't know lyrics. Like I listen <laughs> to that rhythm section, especially with Tool. And I I love the dissonance they create with the polyrhythms. Yeah. I love feeling it synchronized back into each other. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's like a borderline high you get. When you, when, you, when you literally feel it sway back into place naturally, I think that's like it's just oh, it's just unexplainable, man. I it, it is a magic that uh, you have to take time. They, you know that they took the time to sync that up. Yeah, you know? it's incredible, man. Like, yeah. Well, what's create? I think there's a song in. I think it's Rosetta Stones. It's just the it's bass Great part. drum song with the rudiments. <laughs> so yeah, so like the what's the part where it's just bass and drums and it's like bum 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 You know what I mean? That part that's just the two of them. Like that is the catchiest shit and it is not in a common time and it's a not a rhythm that you latch onto, but everybody whether they know music or not is bobbing to it so if you can make that happen like that yep. is genius right there two instruments made that happen that are doing super complex shit and everybody's on board with it and that to me is genius Dude, so when people so are like i don't like tool like george and then <laughs> but you didn't listen to that part yet like you didn't hear that happen in context of the whole song, but it is hard to be like, no, listen to the whole 13 minutes because minute eight gets great. Like, it's hard to say. George, you remember when I did that to you a couple months ago because they released that drum cam video of Danny Carey playing Numa? It was so I was like, fucking good, I was like, good, George, dude. you gotta watch this. And like, I watched the whole like thing, it, dude. It's incredible dude, how like, talented the guy just carries his polyrhythm throughout the entire song. Yes, like, yes, I, I, dude, it's, I can't it's, comprehend it's, what the fuck the guy's playing. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, that's just incredible. <laughs> dude, like, but all in all, jokes aside, like, a Tool is a great band. I just, I, I won't put them on. Like, I introduced Zach to Periphery recently, and, like, that is something <laughs> okay, I, can I can easily I can, latch on I can understand that. You know what I mean? I like, although that's progressive that. like, metal and structure-wise, like, I think they're one of the bands that are revolutionizing that genre to bring out some I'm kind of different level. atmosphere for what they're doing. And, like, dude, that whole band is just fucking stupid with how incredible they write their stuff. Like, that's why their guitarist, he's one of my... Somebody said this to me in high school. I think I was 15, and somebody was like, who's your favorite guitar player? And I was like, Adam Jones. And they were like, I can play everything on Adam Jones. Like, I can play it. And I was like, I can play it all, too, and I'm 15. It's not what it's about. It's like, it's like, look what they did. Like the four of them, like, uh, you, somebody had to write that, you know, yeah, and somebody right. had to fill in that spot with one fucking guitar. And like, you listen to the intricacies, like it's his tone. Um, like the way he controls feedback, like he taught me how to control feedback. You know, yeah. it's like, who thinks about that? You don't learn that in guitar lessons. You're like, Oh, this is going to, Really bring that song up, you know? That shows how him and, like, Tom Morello were friends, obviously, oh. in the beginning. They were the You, could, you, see, you could see yeah. the influences between each other with, like, how Tom Morello, like, regardless of what you want to say about him as a guitar player, because it's pretty polarizing on how you think of him, he manipulates, like, unorthodox sounds. and makes it, and yeah, frequencies, it makes it yes. into music. Like, well, now, think about, about this way, too, man. Ridiculous. Absolutely. When you talk about Jimi Hendrix now, he mm. was doing it without the technology that pedals were offering 
and the way you can manipulate through that. Dude, that's so you know, Through a stomp box. He was doing it straight, just pickups, guitar, fucking amp. People uh, touch it, say he's sloppy. That. It's like, it doesn't... He is, though, that. but he is. That's and the that's thing. A good he thing. is sloppy. But that's the same thing with the guitars from... Uh, what's that band? In Living Color, right? Yeah. The Cult of Personality song. Yeah. Right. Listen to that song. You listen to this guitar solo and all that stuff, and his guitar work. He's really not that clean of a guitarist. But man, like he's, yeah. he's, you know, it's weird. It's weird to say. It's almost like with vocals. For me, I don't need the most perfect vocals or the most clean vocals. I need vocals with emotion. So it might include a crack or something here and there or right. a slight something. imperfection or how the notes brought in or how it hits. But for me, it's more important than the perfection of hitting that note. It, when you can feel the passion and that emotion behind yeah. it, it carries and holds more weight than if it was like perfected. There's know? a uh, there's a part in Gimme Shelter where uh, in the background you can hear like the female singers that they have. That's my track. favorite part of the song. Yes, I was just about my to favorite say part of the song. And you hear everybody like, oh, you hear everybody say that because yeah, it's not something that was scripted or she's probably done in any other tape. genuine. But when it hits there, you're like, fuck yes, yes. that's it. You know, that's in the magic. Um, and to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, Dentino, about how, okay, this is my favorite guitarist. It's like, oh, but I can play everything that that person does. Right. So Neil Peart is considered one of the best drummers of all mm. time. Right. Uh, um, people play his stuff all the time, but somebody had to write that. Yeah, so I totally get realize. what you're saying. Like yep. Tom Sawyer, that Phil and Tom Sawyer before that final verse, outro chorus, whatever. Um, somebody had to write that Phil. You know, but to replicate it isn't as as difficult as actually orchestrating it and coming up with it, organically and it, composing. Coming out with that, yeah, yeah, man, it's like anybody taking art. I totally understand. Like that. if somebody went and was like, "Oh, I play," like that dude did a green and blue cover on YouTube. I don't, I don't look down upon green and blue because some kid figured it out by ear. I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. That it's awesome. Yeah, but like he cared enough to. You know, because like a song that's simple enough, you're not going to do a cover of it. So they were like, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll." I'm proud enough that I figured it out and I'm going to show that off to people. I was able to figure this song out. I'm like, that's really cool. You know, it, awesome. it was dude. When I, when I forget who said it was, was it you, George? That sent it. Or was it you? Uh, I watch it every once in a while. So I think it was, I, I have, I think it's fucking wild. I think I stumbled upon it. Um, you know, I, I ended up like watching it maybe a couple weeks ago. And I was like, dude, yeah, I posted rad, it like, man. Yeah, weeks ago. I, I think that's probably when I, I think that's when I watched it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> definitely when I watched it. And I was like, that's so cool, man, that somebody did that or cared enough to take the time out. Yeah. He dissected the entire what was song written. and just like you know? completely played it to a T rhythmically. And I was like, wow, like this is incredible. It was, it was rad. I've never seen anything like that. Now, dude, shout out happen. to that guy. What was his name? Yeah, shout I'll, out to I'll that find guy. it right now. Hold on. I'll, Please I'll, do that. Please uh, do that. I'll, because I'll that it. was that was really cool, man. For to anybody point, to do that, I thought that was really cool. I think this goes along with what I was saying before, like keeping that bass simple. I've been so trained to do that with writing for us and not a knock to Sean at all. But when you have a beginner bass player in there, you can't go crazy or they're going to get discouraged, you know? So you know I what's weird? weird? I did the exact opposite when I was working with Sean because you know because you know yeah 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 and so i, I was know. like no so you're I gonna learn be this. like learn this fuck you know whatever <laughs> i had to be so i was very used to like and and then the basis and throwbacks also wasn't really crazy and we were like a prog band kind of you know so it was like mm, i'm very tough. used to having to 100%. write Pop punk stuff around a simple bass player and you guys i'm just were basically knuckle puck in a sense thank you 
I, I tried to have make it more intense than that, but like it, the last ten it years was. of my life, I've been writing parts for a simple bass player. So it's like, how do I make a song still sound interesting and cool with with a member of the band who's limited, who isn't going to write their own stuff? Not that I have to, but like I know they're not going to do it themselves, you know, or they don't know how to do it themselves. Yeah, it's so, almost like creating the building blocks for them to, or the foundation for them to build a skyscraper. Absolutely. Right? And it's yeah. one of the things too, where it's like, why I'm not big on on fills for bass. It's like, it's because like I'm used to leaving that up. Like, if I don't put the fill in there, it's not going to get. You're, ta- done, you're you talking know? about writing it as opposed to <laughs> yeah, like as opposed well, to actually having it. I'm I'm, I never took the time to do it, and then they just never happened. You know, it was always something with like okay. bass and drums and like a foundation or a tabit. I was like, those members will write those parts. You know, I'll write the guitars, but like at least we have the feel. So like that's why when George, I never tell George like, oh, play the exact same drum beat I wrote. I'm like, just keep that feel. Like I don't care what you do, keep the kick drum the same if you so, change it. Let me. So going back to what we were saying earlier about you either being a guitar player or a songwriter, like that's how I view you as as a songwriter because you're already able to structure these songs out with all the instrumentation. And then we kind of just like build off of that in a sense. That's why like a lot of times I don't like, I, like I tell you all the time, the one thing I don't really change with, you know, drum parts and maybe it's a slight change in a sense is the chorus because it's such an already structured part. I'm like, you, if you change it, you fuck it up. Like it needs to be played like that. So yeah. you, and then you just, you're like, dude, tackle this verse, tackle this bridge. I'm well, like, okay. But- Bet. Right, because I know I personally, if there's anything I'm confident on, usually it's like the chorus. Like I showed you the song because I'm like, I know I want the chorus. Like we have to have stuff around it. Maybe this will, you know what I mean? But you're right. Like when I'm done and I never am like, I have to write everything. But it turned out in our situation where how far apart we all are. It turned out like if yeah. I want to show you guys something, if I just send you guys the guitar, you guys might not get the context. So it's like, well, here's the context. Like I, right, whatever, right. this work and it usually ends up everybody's being like yeah okay this is a good foundation let's build on so in no way am i I feel like the primary songwriter i'm like i just want to show my idea my ideas are just i have to get them out so like i remember when we first started with poeta i felt like i was just sending stuff like crazy and i was like i feel bad because like we should be writing this together but like we only get a lot of week there was a lot of stuff that we were doing too, where I had I had some of a like a little portfolio of stuff for songs like, such as you remember like we we had green and blue, but then we we were well let's uh, you reworked it, and then there was sweet where that that main lead you know what I mean, like yeah, I had I remember these, like little foundations months. for just the go the Golden Fields album, yeah, and uh, just for a couple songs off of it. But that's also another thing too. Remember, like you had this whole thing where you called it golden, and I was like, "Oh well, I have this thing that's called golden," and it literally ended oh, up yeah. fucking being a part of that like, was awesome. it was the same key, and it that ended up being cool. a part of that song, which was <laughs> wild. I thought that was so crazy. That but was- um, <laughs> I yeah, forgot. I mean, I mean, I think it's more important to be a master uh composer than it is to necessarily be just a master of the instrument that you of your primary instrument i should say because i, I mean think right. about it like fucking beethoven or mozart or bach right they didn't necessarily play the instruments but they understood it enough to compose songs where other people could play them and create some of the mm-hmm. most timeless music that has ever existed yeah. in in 
in, in the history. Yeah. So I think composing music is, for me anyway, is probably one of the most important aspects because you could shred a guitar all day, but if you don't know how to fucking structure a song, it doesn't matter. And there's there's more there's a lot of guys out there like that that are doing the same bedroom rock with their webcam and they're writing their own songs and it's always jet whatever it is like you'll see a lot of those guys shredding, and it's like I've heard this before, you know, um, and yeah. like the background of their song in my opinion might not be like the craziest thing, but they're ripping a cool solo. I mean, I love that. Like, of course, I'm gonna appreciate their expression upon it, but. I agree. If I had to pick between being an amazing guitar player or a phenomenal songwriter, I think I would love to, I would, you know, as a musician, take in the songwriting aspect. And that's what's going to be fun about having Zach and hopefully getting to play with you live is like, you're, you understand, like, like it can just add a lot to our writing process. You, you know, you have pride, you take pride in groove and you understand that part of it. And that's something I've always lacked. So to, to have that is going to be nice, you know. Me and you are going to have a lot of fun, Zach. I know. I'm ready, man. We have a lot of fun because it, it, it grew for me is so important. Like like what Dentina was saying, I just, dude, like a big reason why a song like that we were releasing um, tomorrow, Archangel, was written was because I literally went to Dentina and was like, we need more songs with like these fucking riffs that are gonna fucking just you know people are gonna <laughs> just bounce to and he like i remember him saying like i took that to heart and here's something that i wrote and it was archangel and i was like this is it man this is it you know because the moment you hear that song for me anyway when i first heard it i couldn't help but just be like you know what i mean yeah. just involuntarily yeah. and that's when you know you know you got it you, you know you wrote something that that's you know people will resonate with not everybody necessarily but that people whoever's interested will resonate with so um i'm so excited to share that song with everybody man it's been a long time coming um yeah, for real. it was probably out of the two songs that uh we recorded at that time period, I think, uh, you know, obviously with Anxious Racing, we also recorded Archangel in the same session. I think Archangel was probably my favorite out of the two, only because of the strong rhythmic sense that was uh, involved in that. I knew that. Be like, like, I, I showed it to people, obviously, and I've had so many, like everyone I've showed it to, 100% of people, no, no lie, have instantly that just has, Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Banner, I've had Banner. two people Banner. say they're like, "This is your best song, no, no doubt." And um, that's why I'm excited for it too. And I wouldn't, I don't listen back to any of our songs. I listen back and I'm like, "Oh, I, I remember what we were feeling at this time," or "I like it for our reasons, whatever." But I think this one, objectively, like the only thing I can say about it is that it kicks ass. Like you hear it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this fucking kicks ass. And that song was written like on like I didn't. I didn't open Pro Tools to write that song. I opened it to write something else. And I remember just like riffing that riff. And for no reason, I laid it down. And the rest of that song wrote itself. Like the chorus, it was like, that's obvious. I think the chorus was like one take. You know, the drums were one take. And it was just like, do you guys like this? And you guys were just like, yes. Like we had specifically no... the, that breakdown part, you know, quote unquote, that breakdown yeah. part. Um, I, I think every, I think you were like, I don't know about this part. And I was like, I don't know. 
this is it. That's the you know what I mean? I was like, that's that's well, the never so. did anything like that, but again, like um that I just uh, I was listening to a lot of era. Like I still listen like my primary music right now is like metal bands. Like I still listen to like metal bands. So I get that's a lot very of interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, I love it's there's because of era and like Northlane volumes, like they're they're so melodic and so tough that the only thing I can hear is like passion behind it, you know. And I love that guitar work, and I love taking that. Like our biggest influence for Golden Fields, as far as the songwriting for me, was era, and we sound nothing like that. And same with like what's going on now, like the band era is so influencing this album, and like you hear some music from us, and you're like, oh, that's pop punk. Like where did that come from, era? You know. But it's just, you know, to each his own. And, um, like, Zach, like, do you write music ever? Like, you ever write yeah. your own stuff? That's yeah. awesome. I'll, I play guitar, too, so. Yeah, a lot of fucking my, a Ted lot, Nugent cover bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff, uh, like, really, like, with my anxiety and stuff like that, uh, one of the biggest things that I do is I have a guitar in every single room, and I play acoustic everywhere I go. And I got oh, a so I have a Martin LXM. Oh, nice. Yeah, Martin little guys. Here in the house, I have. The, I literally beat the shit out of that thing. Because right? <laughs> so, it's a workhorse, man. It's a traveler's guitar, so you can beat they, the shit out of it. That's good. That means you love her. Yeah. <laughs> if you're playing her that often, that means yeah. you love her. Not like Dentino. Played her once, sells her. Dude. Played another one, oh, sells dude. Come on. That's so what? true. What? What? Were you I, not I, talking I, about earlier before Zach joined <laughs> about possibly getting rid of the PRS? What? Wait, what? Wait, which what PRS do you have? I've had this for ten years, and you my telly. I've had my telly, and I got it back. You sold I sold, it. Yeah, I sold you got it back, but you sold it. Somebody was watching her while I got money off. Her. Are you more telly? Oh shit! They're watching it. They're doing more than just watching, boy. As far as playing, <laughs> as far as fuel wise, I'm a strat guy, um, because of like, uh, think of um eric johnson like i play a lot like that like that's kind of my style but as far as looks wise which was uh vainly a big thing for me when i first started playing music um the telecaster and i still like the only thing that and a prs is like the perfect guitar i have a PRS custom is my, is my favorite guitar oh, right over here in the corner oh, so, okay yeah. awesome there you go i so, sold mine fuck what a piece of shit. Well, me too. You know, Kev, you had a you had a model I'm not too fond of, to be honest. Like I wouldn't have kept that. I, and I've had one of those too. I had it for a little bit. I remember, yeah, that was like yeah. the, around the time I bought mine. I was and I liked it. I enjoyed it, but it just wasn't me. It's not it it, right. The only thing about this PRS I don't love is like when I'm staying. It's a 24 fret, which I I'm used uh, to. My first guitar, my first real guitar was 24 fret and like when we play songs like blueprints like having that that 24th fret is a high e octave so it's like yeah. i love having those extra notes like i like being able to do that um and just like shred wise it's cool um but 24 fret guitars when you're standing up like they don't look like ah they just don't look as tight like they don't look no, you, as, you, that's part of it's part of it man like you need to feel fucking confident you when you're doing feel. it and the best i've ever felt is like the telecaster so like I'm getting it set up now, and that Telecaster for me is Poeta. Like I took that like on Warp Tour. It, with us. I've played so many shows with is that. that. With the two single coils there, or do you have like a 72 Deluxe style? No, I wish I had the 72 Deluxe. That's style. I, that's I, my I favorite. That. Yeah, that's my favorite. I'm a humbucker guy. So me too. I am too. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Honestly, my guitar has always been Gibson. Uh, the one guitar that I rock that I've rocked since 2006 has been the Explorer. And, and Explorer uh, fucking kicks like, ass, dude. You there's there's also been people in the local scene who bought an Explorer because of yours, like playing that. Yeah, shit yes, yes, Explorer, I've noticed that, which is cool. Guys, I thought that was pretty cool. Explorer guys always are fanatical about. I've never played one before. I've incredible though it's the weight thing man it's really? it's the feeling like what you guys talk about like you know 24 frets having it look feel good it has it's, it's the same thing with the explorer just i don't know man there's no other good i can just rest my fucking arm on the back end of it you know what i mean like and then just go straight to playing like the yeah. feeling of it the weight of it um I love that fucking thing, man. I haven't played it in such a long time. I kind of, I almost, I'm, I've been thinking about retiring her, but I don't know yet. Whoa. Uh, I, I don't think you ever will, man, because I, like I said, I sold the strat and then. I didn't sell her, though, you fucking traitor. <laughs> At least I never retired her. I was she's like, always been with me. That's okay. If she's retired, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't it mean anything. She's, she's still with forever. me in my care under my supervision. <laughs> yeah, I didn't let some other fucking... Oh, I'm sure she's so happy collecting dust in the corner while mine's getting she's in a case. somewhere. She's in a case being <laughs> taken care of and fucking... Uh... <laughs> I let her have You let someone else all right, that's the equivalent that's true of letting love. someone else violate your significant other. So you're a cuck. Dude, you said the same thing. And when I let you play at George's house, you were like, This doesn't feel right. And it was because you knew. You knew that I had fucking spewed my goo all over that thing. <laughs> It's just dirty. It's just dirty. It's just dirty. Dude, mean that I told that's the first thing I told my girlfriend. I said, "Listen, I love you. This is my first baby. You don't come before her. If she breaks and you're the reason, I'll break you." <laughs> Honestly, though, like it's, it's crazy because. Um, I've never had like a guitar that I'm like, this is my, like my baby, but like that Telecaster really, really like just is like, it's just the it's one weird. I'm stuck with because it's I the one that when you I, got it. yeah, remember I got it. I was on that the nasty search. ass color. Nasty ass <laughs> color. I was on the search for oh, the old It was gross. It was like a vomit green. It was, it was weird. Vomit green. It's called yeah. antique butt. And everybody, not I don't know, <laughs> antique butt. Like, Everybody in the uh, like in the scene, I remember, was just like, "That's fucking awesome," and I was like, "I hate this." So, I like kept buying these the guitars. Was the same fucking color, too. and it was that was. So I took Ugh. it off. I sanded it down for like a month, and I had a friend paint on it, and then I put a Bigsby on it, and I put an American neck. It's a Japanese body, and then everybody was like. I couldn't play one show. I was playing in a cover band at the time. Every fucking show, somebody was like, "That's a sick guitar," and I was like, "It's true. This is cool. It like, is this true. is. Yeah, I like this." I'm so um, glad for that because I was able to just walk off the stage with nobody. <laughs> Thank God. They would leave Kevin alone and just flock Dentino, man, and be like, "Dude, I'm so, I'm what such kind of guitar is that?" The amount of questions. Shit. Do you remember when we played our first tour on the weekender in Canada? When I brought my truth kit for the house kit between us and the sharks. And there was that one guy that I think it was like either the third or fourth show. He's like, dude, that's a really nice case. I started rubbing it. I was like, please fucking don't touch my kit, dude. Like, that's the last <laughs> thing you need to do. 
Like, it, I know it's a beautiful mahogany, but like, you don't need to fucking like fondle it. Like, this is Your mine, dude. It is the best looking kit I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, no, it's gorgeous, it's dude. Dude, Jeff, you're selling it, dude. it, no? I mean, I am. I this, this guy's offering me a thousand dollars for it. I'm just like, I don't have to sell it, but I think I'm just gonna hold <laughs> on to it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, this is that. That's my right baby. Now. Like, that's everything I've ever wanted. I'll never sell set. the Explorer. I'll everything I wanted in a drum set. I'm just talking about like financial never. reasons. Like, and this is before like. No, yeah. I mean, dude, I could be dying. Yeah, I won't sell. Yeah, like, I'm thing. fine. Like, I have, I pay my bills. Like, I have money in the bank. But I'm like, if I don't have to sell it, I'm not gonna sell it. It was just for like a financial like. I think I was going to, mostly for the idea was I was going to sell it because for the podcast, we're doing it in person and we're buying all this equipment. I'm like, if I just sell this drum set right now, I can get this and that and that and that. Yeah, it's not worth and it, nobody's, yeah, yeah. nobody's really buying it, but this one guy's like, I'll offer you a thousand for it. I'm like, uh, don't do it. Yeah. If you already have that gorgeous, feeling about dude. it, about a sale and you were looking to get rid of it, don't do it, man. I, do I it. just, I just bought like the base of bases for me and that was the fender ultra five string the j base that was the one you you brought over correct yeah that that, very nice. that base dude slaps I'll, I'll, never get, I'll never get rid of that very ever. nice very nice very nice the fact that it's five string like in that color scheme and i just walked into a guitar center in kop and i i fucking found it i was like so i told my wife beforehand i was like i woke up one morning i was like um I was like, I'll just go. I'll go check. And if it's there, I'll get it. And if not, if it's not exactly how I want it. I'm just not going to buy it. I'm like, it's destiny at that point, right? I walk in. It's right there. You set yourself up for failure. You walked in there earlier in the week. You said, oh, oh it's right dude, there. I wish I did. And I you told your wife, you're like, hey, if it's there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I went to two guitar centers before that. And I couldn't find it. And I was like, yeah, it's not going to be there. But, oh, dude, but you, you wanted it to happen. I did. <laughs> But honestly, if I could, what I really want is like one of the authentic Warwick bases straight from Germany. Because I, I have a, I have a, I have a Warwick but rock base. Yeah, I know those. Yeah. But it's like a great base. It was like my first like legit base I ever had, and I still uh, just don't play it that much. And like it's a five string, and oh, it's I great. can't believe that you that's what you want, and you don't are you're not the biggest like Les Claypool fan. Like that's crazy to me. I respect Les Claypool a lot. It's just I can't listen to that shit. <laughs> it's too. It's too. It's crazy. weird, dude. It is weird. I'm not gonna. I love Les Claypool. I think some of his shit is fucking genius. But I can totally get why people yeah. are turned. I gotta do a lot it. of coke to. It's to it <laughs> it's the easiest <laughs> to not like. I, uh, oh right. yeah, it's so like. Uh, what's the one song? Or uh, fuck, man, I can't remember what it's called. Hey baby, do you want to lay down with me? Hey baby, do you want to lay down with me? Hey baby, do you want to lay down with me? Hey baby, hey baby. He's just like shredding the fucking bass. Must the be fun as shit to record. And that I stuff love and that song, right? But well, it's not for everyone. So like, <laughs> it's definitely not for everybody. The perfect example of um, like what a guitar player. Okay, so I think. I would have the most amount of anxiety being the guitar player in that band because it's like, what the fuck do I play over? Give this, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, dude, I would have so much fun answer to just playing just nonsense plays, over that just, shit. Yeah, dude, you can hear what he's playing. There's no wrong or right answer. He's just making. And I, I watched his rig rundown that dude, Larry, and it's like, or Larry, I guess Larry. It's like his his. Yeah. He doesn't use like crazy shit, really, and he's just like the nicest dude. And I'm like, yeah, this dude probably just had so much fun. You like, brought, 
Do yeah. either of you like? Do you either of you fuck with like opening tunings a lot? I do on my acoustic all the time. Do you know of a like a like a semi folk kind of musician called Shaky Graves? Yeah, dude, I saw him right before the pandemic ended back like in September. It was at the Fillmore, bro. Oh, cool! My guitar player the Fillmore. Oh, Shaky Graves. One of my favorite venues. Such a great venue, dude. That was the first show I saw there. I love corporate venues. Really? My first yeah. show at the Fillmore was Coheed and Cambria, and that was fantastic. Oh, it was them and the Deer Hunter, and it was fucking oh. fantastic. Well, we yeah, also saw them at Starland, venue. like, the couple Star years prior. And Polyphia was also playing that show. And I was yes, like, oh, Polyphia. It was, what was it? Who was the... It was Polyphia, I the Mighty, no? I the Mighty was definitely there, for sure. <laughs> was it them? I, I had to have been. I, I don't know. All I remember know. was the. I remember balance of the exposure and I the mighty. I don't know if they kept I the mighty for the rest of that tour. I can't remember. By the way, going to remember. back to the guy who covered Green and Blue. I don't know his name, but the YouTube channel is Little Red Guitars Two. He covered it. And someone, nice shout someone, out, man. Someone requested him to do me. that, and Dentino commented on it. He said, "Hey, man, I'm a guitarist for this band, and this is awesome." And he's like, "Oh, dude, like you should have said." Thanks you for watching. suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you play it at all, dude. That's not how you That's play it, dude. Things? Here, I'll send you the tabs real quick. <laughs> but yeah, that was a That's great good. show, dude. Starland never disappoints. The Fillmore, I, the only the only time I was there was I was at the at the uh, Foundry when Bruce was playing with the uh, Weekend Riot upstairs, and that was a good show. It was a really good show. Where did dude? They played Game Changer, right? Uh. I'm not sure they might have, but I I'm almost not positive. I think me and Sean went to go see them. I went to. Game I was supposed to go to the TLA to see them play live, and I didn't because I had work. I was like trying to get off and stuff, and like if you go back in the podcast, like maybe I'll clip it and put it in this episode right now. But Bruce, was like, hey, thanks, man, thanks for showing up, dude. Appreciate it. I was like, dude, I'm sorry, like I have a job. Oh, like that's hilarious, <laughs> dude. I'm, wa- um, I'm, I'm watching that guy do the cover. Uh, I love. The, the double cut Les Pauls with like P90s, man. Oh, God. More in the world than what you just said. Are you kidding me? And I'm not being a prick, but P90s are my least favorite sound, least favorite look. Double cut Les Paul can just eat my ass. I, think, <laughs> I agree with you. I used to I be do. that way up until probably like a year ago. But you listen it. to different music than I do, and the music that you listen to is perfect for that shit. Mm. Yeah, but right, everybody like listening to different music. Oh, yeah. yeah. You and Neil Young fans by any chance? Yeah, huge Neil Young fan. <laughs> so that'll do it. <laughs> dude, like, honestly, a lot of... Like, Neil Young's sick, dude. I yeah, didn't I, think I, you were going to say I, that. I was about to fight. I, I love <laughs> just, like, acoustic work. I think that's my favorite shit. So that's, think, you, you thought that's you your, thought I was going to hate Neil Young? I thought you were going to say <laughs> Neil Young sucks. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not, dude. Absolutely not. How dare you? How well do you know me, man? Well, fuck ACDC, dude. Even mention them in the same breath as Neil Young is blasphemous. (laughs) Blasphemous. Absolutely blasphemous. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) No, Neil Young's great. I like Neil Young a lot. I think uh, he has some great tunes. He's very, very different. What about some Silver Bullet Band, bro? Some what? Silver Bullet Band, Bob right Seger. Nah, I don't fucking. I actually don't know. What? Not Maybe? familiar. Oh fuck that! That song is way longer than it should be. 
<laughs> it really is, though. You think it ends it fucking three different times. Dude, I like, saw Bob Seger with my dad. Moves. And you're like, what? You're still going, huh? I saw Bob Seger with my dad when I was like 14 years old, and it felt very aggressive. Was that your first concert? <laughs> Do you no. know I had no, an opportunity first... to go see Eric Clapton live, and I rejected. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I was ignorant. I was young. I was ignorant. I was young. Uh, if someone asked you when I was sure. 14 to see Clapton, I would have been like, I'm playing World of Warcraft. Shut up. <laughs> That's exact. Exactly what it was, dude. I swear to God. I swear to God. George, by uh, dude, I won like tickets, and it was like fucking second row, like right up front. My dad was like, "Dude, you're Come not, on, bro. Please." And I'm oh, like, "Oh, your dad must have broke his." Imagine you doing that to your kid. Imagine how you'd feel. I'd be like, "I hate oh, this." Oh, I tell him to go this fuck him. Sucks. I'd be like, "I'm going without you." I'm gonna tell you how great of a time it was. Exactly, George. But to, I... to one up you guys in the biggest way possible, I saw. I had tickets to see you rush, and I got I remember that, and didn't go that. see Rush. And no, but the worst thing is, fucking, you offered <laughs> tickets to me, and I was like, I don't really listen did to I really? that much. You did because you were sick and you knew you couldn't go, and I was like, uh, I don't really listen to them that much. I don't, you know, at the time. And fucking, I, that's the one of the things I kick myself in the ass for all the fucking time. Because I wish then you I had... died and the pandemic started. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> I did because I didn't see Rush. That's why all that shit happens. Dude, it's it's such a shame. Remember that cover sent you of um, oh, oh, just the time stands still. Time stands still, bro. That cover's so good. Just Zach, what was the first you. concert like, you went to? Going back to that question, I'm gonna lower my hand. First concert <laughs> was uh, Chicago with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's badass. That's that is pretty badass. Yep. I never saw Earth, Wind, and Fire live, but I was working at the museum. The guitar player from Earth, Wind, and Fire like was in this like wedding cover band, and the director like told me that. And I was like, "What?" And like I shook his hand. And I was like, "Dude, I appreciate you as like a musician." He's like, "Oh, dude, like thank you, I appreciate it." Like, Duh. I was like, "Yeah, for sure." But it was not Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was all right. What was, was everybody else's first concert? Mine and you guys are gonna laugh, but it was Tool. <laughs> no, that was it's my great last first concert. concert. No, that's rad as fuck. And it was also my last concert. concert. It was my first and last wait, concert. Wait, which show did you go to? Because I went Wells to Fargo. I oh went to Wells Fargo show, and then that George. same week, I was I was ten rows off the stage at Atlantic City. That's insane, dude. Yeah, I bought the Wells Fargo. Go ahead. That was on the no, beach, no? You, you, know? go, you, go, you go. I bought I those Wells Fargo tickets the night. Zach like, invited me. I said no. And ah, Atlantic City dude. wasn't that like on the beach? It was at Boardwalk Hall. Uh it was awesome, dude. It was so fucking. Well, my, my buddy awesome went to that. For me, was my tickets were like 150 bucks a piece, and then when I got there, like I was looking at the side of the stage, really high up, so I didn't see any visuals. Like I saw oh, like dude. no fucking visuals oh, head on, and I was it ruined. Like yeah. the Atlantic I, City show was so much better because the venue was so much. There was not I a band in there, but like yeah. where I was, ten rows off the stage. On the floor, it was perfect. Because I asked my brother-in-law, I was like, "Hey, man, I was like, I was like, because I got in the queue because it was really hard to get those tickets. I got in the queue and I was like, hey, dude, we have a chance to get either the best seats we can get, or it's going to be pretty expensive just to have seats.' I was like, "How much money are you willing to spend?" He's like, "I don't give a fuck, just spend whatever." I was like, "Fine, fuck it." Let's dude, your it. wife was so pissed. She's like, "How much did you spend?" You're like, "Oh." <laughs> 
That's what I did with my sister when we went to go see Coheed at the Fillmore. We got there, we had general admission seats, and they were like, "Yeah, you can upgrade to like VIP, like up top." Oh, they fucking like, always get Fuck you. yeah! Wait, yes, where is the Fillmore? In Philly. Philly. I might have. Go- I don't remember if I went to the Fillmore. It's sick, next to a bro. It's, sick, it's next dude. to a bar. It's like the next uh, like um, Mad Rex. It's like the next. Uh, what's that? Blues, blues, ro- blue house rock. House, house, blues. House, of house of blues. House of blues. Yeah. I wouldn't even say that. House of blues is nothing compared to the Fillmore. I think the Fillmore, Fillmore has a fantastic. Like a sound. Well, the Fillmore definitely okay. put the truck under. Like once they. It's like a nicer TLA. It's a very nicer TLA. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Fucking. My first concert uh, was My Chem, The Used, and Alkaline Trio. And on the side stage, like before that concert even happened. I remember hearing Seosin in the distance as I was like, Was that a Taste up. of Chaos tour? No. No? Seosin? That sounds, dude, that's crazy because the used, I don't think. what was it? The used 30 Seconds to Mars, Seosin, and there was another band that played. It was like a Taste of Chaos tour. It wasn't I, Taste I of Chaos. Was... Three Cheers was hitting like its fucking peak, and they were getting these like huge arena, sh- not, not an arena, but like they were getting these huge shows. Like it was at Susquehanna, which is now. B BB and T Pavilion, B-B-T. but dude, like th- sold out. We were in the chairs, dude. It was massive. I got a secondary high. Someone was smoking weed in front of me. I got super high. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Oh, dude, it was incredible. People were like, dude, there was like actually a person that got like taken out on a stretcher. I guess they were in the pit. Fuck yeah, and they dude, got that's exactly taken what out, I dude. want, dude. That dude, that show was. Wild! I was so hungry coming home. Imagine being 13 years old, getting a secondary high. Like, can we please get McDonald's? Can we please get like Burger King? And my, <laughs> you sound like a bitch as a 13 year old, bro. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking starving. I think my dude. first concert. I can't remember if it was Rise Against Silverstein, Comeback Kid, if that's oh today, God, or dude. if it was Iron Maiden and Bullet for My Valentine. I can't remember. Either one, one is two. a fucking home run. Yeah, that's one a- of those two. One of those two was my favorite. Uh, what well, was my first and my favorite because just like fucking well, the Iron Maiden show is weird because they didn't play anything off of their any of their old stuff. They played the whole new album Ooh, in its entirety. Oh, that's weird. And that's when weird. I was leaving, the radio stations were literally talking shit about it, and we left early. Oof. I went to the first time I saw Maiden. I've seen them twice. Was on their Somewhere Back in Time tour, so it was all the greatest hits, and that's all they fucking play. Uh, that's so annoying. You, dude. Dude. Yeah, so like, I only got to see their fucking like Eddie never came out or anything. Well, like I mean, it's, it's weird because I ended up appreciating that new album later, but I didn't know any of it when they fucking you know. I never. I'll never understand that um, playing a whole new album in its entirety. Well, well that's what I'm saying because I remember driving like three hours to upstate New York to see Killswitch Engage in this like bumblefuck warehouse with concrete floors and shit. And like, you know, like Jesse was back in the band in a sense, like Howard's completely gone, but they played like their newest album and most of its entirety. I'm like, no, like, are you not going to Howard's play? my like, favorite, dude. Me too. Dude, Howard fucking kills it, dude. Like every time. I get it. Oh, I dude. get it. Like you're not gonna play that album, but like go before that and play you some of those to. songs. You have to. But they did it. They just promoted the new album. We were so album. blown. We were so blown away. I was like, dude, I don't know any of these songs at all. I think that sucks. I, I, fucking... It's such. It's such a shitty experience, isn't it, George? Like, they they hear, played like, a end of a heartache in its entirety. You're like, I know, dude, dude. I came to see at least a couple different ones. I would have been happy if they played their whole entire album and just fucking encore with the trooper. 
I would have been happy. They, yeah. they played end of you know? the end of a heartache, which is great and stuff. But I was like, damn, dude, like I only knew like three songs that you guys played. Yeah, it's like, a shitty experience when you go to show and you're expecting something. And they- so what do we what do we expect for new music? Because we have so many songs written in general, and I think it's great that we're gonna be able to um, bring that to our discography in the near future. But I think a lot of the stuff that we're writing now is is pretty next level in my opinion well i'll start with this like i was like when we started getting back and like getting back into it i was like this will be easy because like we already have so much laid out foundation and stuff we've already agreed upon in the past because it's gonna fly and like i didn't expect me to start writing anything but now i'm like writing like crazy so it's gonna be like a 15 song album Good. That's not a bad thing. Fine with me. It gets us out of the contract. Like, I just keep writing, like, and uh, that's assuming you guys like it, obviously. But like, I have all these really unbound, like, just new ideas, and I just like keep throwing them out. And like, we we use some, we won't use some. But like, at first, I was like, all right, cool, eight songs, and we're done. And now I want this to be like a more of an involved project than I originally thought. I'm just having so much fun, like, laying ideas out there, and it'd be cool if I mean. Yeah, like we all get together and just piece things together and shit that would be fun eventually, you know. I just can't stop. And we're killing and if on you guys Spotify. Have anything too? I want to hear. Yeah, Spotify sounds great. And then like whatever you guys have, also, I mean, I would love to add to that. Like that would be cool to start writing in person. That'd be crazy. I told Kevin before we started this podcast, I was like, dude, we're like at seventeen thousand, almost eighteen thousand listens for Anxious Racing. I guarantee you, it's gonna hit twenty thousand by Monday. I guarantee it. So how does it keep going up? Is it just the, the play? Like, are you still getting views on your thing? I think it's just a playlist at this point. That was yeah. that was the one big one was that video. But uh, I don't know if you saw our Twitter recently, but there have been other bands that have massive playlists like that have more numbers than me. I think uh, my biggest number is for what the song we have in it is like almost 4,000 likes. This band has almost seven thousand likes, so which doesn't have that many artists, but like they put us on it, and it's like, dude, it's just it's just growing. Like people are starting to acknowledge Poeta as it is, and they're like, holy shit, this is good music. I'm like, I know, been around forever. <laughs> who, just re- who just retweeted us? So, uh, you did, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But yeah, I, we're... I've been lacking on that harshly. So it's not uh... lacking. It's just it's just uh, this industry. Twitter. This industry is so different, dude. <laughs> like when we went to launch, like which was a thing, like I and I talked about this with Kevin like multiple times. We almost got on a significant tour with this one band that had like a bunch of plays and it would have been great, but that was through social media engagement. And then the next year it was like, "Oh, it, it matters about Spotify plays." And I'm like, "What the fuck? That's a thing?" 